Hi, uh, welcome to uh, our backyard. My name is Dan, and I am here with some members of my family, uh, while some uh, members of my family are not interested in listening to me talk. Uh, thank you guys for being here on this Father's Day. Uh, welcome. Uh, this is uh, not an easy day to preach, uh, Father's Day, um, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, I've been to lots of churches on Father's Day um, where the sermon is basically being me being chastised for about 25 minutes and being told how terrible the job I'm doing and and how I can fix it. And uh, that's not a very fun experience. Uh, and it doesn't make me want to come again sometimes. But uh, the, the other reason this is tough is that not everyone has the same experience of father. Some of you... Uh, come here on Father's Day ready to celebrate and uh, your relationship with your father is awesome and and you're excited about that and it's an easy thing for you to jump into God as father and that's beautiful and awesome and good and, and, and I want to celebrate that with you. I think that that's pretty great. But for some of you that's not your experience. For some of you uh, Father's Day is painful. For some of you the idea of God as father is is difficult uh and and today can be tough and sad for you so if that's where you're at that's okay too we want to we want to feel with you as well it's all valid whatever you came here with this morning but as much as it'd be tempting to just skip over this idea of god as father in terms of this family matters thing because it's so inconsistent uh I, I think we need to spend some time there uh, because the reality is the Bible is, is pretty insistent on referring to God as our Father, and especially Jesus. When we, when we get to Jesus, Jesus is very, very consistent about calling God Father, particularly in the terms of how we're supposed to pray and how we're supposed to address God. Um, it's interesting. So when, when Jesus... Uh, teaches his disciples to pray. They come to him and they say, they say, Rabbi, teacher, teach us to pray like John taught his disciples to pray. And Jesus says, okay. And this is recounted twice in the Bible, in Matthew and in Luke. Uh, and at both times he says, okay, the first thing you do is you say, Father. And Matthew says, our Father, but and in Luke it just says, Father, which is interesting because often what happened at the time was that the way that you would address God in prayer would be the way that you would address a king or someone very important. Um, and at that time, the way that you would address someone very important or very kingly or, or, or very serious would be to recite a list of their accomplishments. So if you were to ask something of, of the governor of Israel at the time, or if you were to ask something from, from uh, the, 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 the Caesar of Rome, you would, you would begin by recounting a list of, of, of their accomplishments. You'd be like, oh, Caesar, who defeated the, 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 these people at this place. You know, oh, you, Herod, who, who, who built up the wonderful building that is at the corner of these streets in our city. Um, and, and people had incorporated that into their prayers to God, that they, then they would address God in that way, recounting his accomplishments. And we even see this in the Psalms, that you would see God, oh God, creator of heaven and earth, oh God, um, the, the Lord of armies, oh God, the, uh, the, 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 the God of our fathers. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's very interesting that when God uh, 
when Jesus begins to teach his disciples to pray, he says, okay, we're dispensing with all of that. You don't need to bring resumes. Approach God like you would your dad and just say, like, dad, I want to talk to you. And, and that's the kind of relationship that, that Jesus says we ought to be having, especially in our prayers. It would be the relationship that, that our children have with us when we come and ask for something. And, and I have children, and I'm not the perfect dad all the time, but it would be weird if every time my kids wanted something from me, they had to recite a fact from my, my resume uh, before they asked me for something. You know, it would be strange if my, if my youngest son, had, before he asked to, to, to go to the store to buy chips, had to come to me and say, Oh, Dad, you who won Sirius XM, Alberta's top comic in 2015, may I go to the Italian Center to buy chips? That would be weird, right? That would be strange. That would indicate that we didn't maybe have that close of a relationship or that I was very obsessed with winning that particular award, which uh, I might be. Um, but that would be a weird thing to do. So, so God says, skip that. We're not... You don't have to recite his resume. That's not the kind of relationship you have. Just go and say, Dad. So when uh, we're going to focus on Luke, but in Luke, they, when he teaches them to say, pray, he says, and most of you are going to be really familiar with this. He says, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Okay, so that's very familiar, right? You're, most of you will, will have a, a decent chunk of that memorized if you went to a Catholic school in, in Edmonton or, or anywhere around the world. Uh, you'll, have a, a, you'll at least have heard that before, but that starts with an, an informality that we come to God by saying, not here is your list of accomplishments, God, not here is a list of your resumes and your titles. We come with an informality that says, God, and, and, and particularly father or dad. And so that part's familiar, but then Jesus does them the extra favor of going a little bit further and starting to explain what that means. And he says, and he tells a couple of really quick stories that are a little bit odd, because the first story he says is like, he says, and lead us not into temptation. And, and then he says this, he said, and then he said to them, which one of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine who has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set, to, to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me for the door is now shut and my children are with me in the bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. I tell you, though he will not give, get up and give you anything because he is a friend, yet because of his impudence or because of his shameless audacity or because of his embarrassing boldness, um, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. So this is really interesting. Jesus sets up the scenario like, okay, you guys all have friends. How many of you would go to your friend in the middle of the night, knock on the door and say like, I have another friend who came to visit me. I don't have any food. Do you have any food I can borrow, right? Um, he says that if you have a friend, your friend will help you out 
because you were just shameless and audacious in the way that you came to him. Jesus says, that's the kind of relationship with how we have with God. We can just go and ask him for things and expect him to answer, even though it's not the right time, even, even though it's not the perfect way to ask, even though it's not uh, the, necessarily the perfect thing at the time. We can just go to God and say, hey, I need this right now. Can you help me out? Um, I have experienced this as a parent, this shameless audacity of a asking. Um, and it didn't make me feel good at the time. Um, my middle child, my son, uh, he has to take gym clothes to gym for school. And he walks to school and, and for a long time this was fine. But then there was about three, about three, four gym classes in a row when I would get a call in the middle of the morning. Uh, that was just like, Dad, I, I, I left my gym clothes at home. Can you bring them? And, and being a decent human being, I would get his gym clothes and I would, I would bring them to him at school. And, and after the third time this happened, I was just like, okay, we got to figure out a way to help you remember your gym clothes. I thought he was forgetting the gym clothes, right? I thought that, that in his mind, that, and, and I forget things all the time too, so I had grace and I had sympathy for that. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I wanted to help him out. I was like, how can we help you not to remember your gym clothes? And it turns out he was not forgetting his gym clothes. He just felt like his backpack was getting too full and uncomfortable to carry on the walk to school. And instead just chose, I'll leave these at home and call my dad mid-morning without warning. And he'll just bring me my gym clothes. That's shameless audacity. Now, I'm trying to teach him not to do that. I don't want him to do that in the future. I would like him to plan <laughs> to not ruin my morning when he goes to gym. But that shameless audacity is something that God has invited us to, that Jesus invites us to when we talk to him about things. He says, because of your shameless audacity, he'll respond to you. And I think that this is an interesting way that we, if we're trying to figure out how do we, we relate to God as Father, it starts with that informality. We don't have to be formal with God. We don't have to list his resume or accomplishments and, and figure out the exact right way to do it. And we also can be shameless and bold. We don't have to worry that we're not asking for the right thing or that we, we're not asking for it in the proper way. We can just come to him as, as, as if we've decided that we're going to ruin his morning by leaving our gym clothes at home. And <laughs> Sorry, my son just walked in behind and I'm making fun of him right now. Please keep this in. <laughs> um, but we come with shameless audacity. But Jesus doesn't just stop there because he continues and he says this verse that many of you are going to be familiar with. He says, so I tell you, um, uh, da, 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 so the wind blew my, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's coming. I just need to find my place because it blew away. So I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. And, and ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds. And the one who, to the one who knocks it will be opened. And then he tells this other weird story that I find very, very fascinating. Because this directly relates to his role as father. Uh, we just said, he, he just said, when you pray, say father. And then he says this, he says, which one of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish, give him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? 
If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So there's a couple of things that I find really fascinating in this, that, that, that Jesus then bears it down as he's talking to his disciples, some of whom obviously had children. He says, which of you fathers, if, if your child asked you for something good and healthy and, 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 and wise, would you return give them something poisonous. And I realize that this has become uh, a popular genre of YouTube video in some circles where like your children ask for things and you just randomly cruel to them. But like, let's just pretend that people aren't being cruel to their children for lols right now. Um, and imagine we lived in a world where that didn't happen. But, but, but it's interesting the way that he frames this. That, like, which of you fathers, if your kids ask for a snake, would, would fish would give them a snake? It's supposed to be a joke. Um, but what he's saying is that, like, hey, you guys know not to give your kids poison. Well, how much more can you trust that God is not going to give you poison? God's not going to give you something that's going to tear you to pieces. God's not trying to withhold things from you in order to, 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 to trick you. Um, there's a very uh, popular saying that exists in our culture that I've just started thinking about lately because it's happened a lot this year, particularly early around 2020, and where people would say, if you want to make God laugh, just tell him your plans. And I get what they're trying to say, but that sometimes makes it sound as if God's like, hmm, what do you really want? I'm going to do the exact opposite because that'll be funny. That's not what God does, right? Like, if you make a plan and you sincerely come to God, he might evaluate whether or not that's a good thing, but he's not going to give you something that's poisonous. Because in the same way that Jesus says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, we'll give him a scorpion. If he asks for an egg, we'll give him a snake. In the same way, we can trust that the opposite is true. That, that if we ask for something that is, that is silly and dangerous, that he's not going to give that to us. If my nine-year-old comes to me and says, Dad, can I have a chainsaw? I'm not going to give him a chainsaw, right? Certainly not absent of also a chainsaw management course and perhaps an appropriate child-sized chainsaw if such a thing exists. But I'm not going to give him something that's poisonous. I'm, I'm going to give him, even though I'm evil, and I love that, that Jesus just blanket says, even you guys, you losers, <laughs> even you who are evil, if you know not to give your, your kids poisonous and dangerous things, how much can you trust that God, when you ask, is going to give you something that is helpful and healthy and good? And this is, I think, the hardest thing to grasp, because as much as our relationship with God and Father as Father is marked as with informality and as much as it's marked with shameful audacity, it's just as much marked by trust. I think that that's the hardest thing to do sometimes is to is to trust that God genuinely is giving us what is helpful and healthy and good and keeping from us what is harmful and dangerous and and ultimately poisonous you know it, it's frustrating because this applies to so much of what is happening in the world right now i think i know i've definitely gone through times in the last little while where i've looked at what's going on and i'm like how is this what 
God wants right now? Or how is this fitting into some overall plan that is going to be for our good and for his glory? And yet what we're called to do at this time, this time specifically, is to trust that God is our father and whatever we're asking for, he is going to give us what is healthy and helpful and good, and he's not going to give us what is harmful and poisonous. So, and I think it's most important the way he ends that, because Jesus doesn't uh, doesn't say just in that story, uh, you know, which uh, just ask for anything. At the end of that, the last sentence that he says in that passage in Luke is he says, how much more will your father give the in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Specifically saying that like, hey, if you don't know what to ask for, if you don't know what is healthy and helpful and good, if you're confused about what you're supposed to be doing, he will give you the Holy Spirit, which is the best thing that you could imagine. He will give you the comforter, as the Holy Spirit is called in other places. He will give you that assurance and, and guidance uh, within our confusion uh, that he is leading us in the proper direction. Yeah. So this is a weird time. This is, the world is confusing and overwhelming right now. Uh, you go to the grocery store and you see people wearing masks. You turn on the news and you see unrest and, 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 and anger. And it, uh, this is a, a strange time. And, and, and this is, a time when we're really ha being given a choice between hope and fear. I think it's pretty obvious what we've been called to live in. We're called as followers of Jesus to live in hope rather than fear. But that hope isn't built on nothing. That hope isn't built on just a feeling or, or, or something that we can generate if we just think hard enough. That, that hope is, is built on relationship on a God who is our Father, who, who is informal. He doesn't need to be buttered up with a whole bunch of uh, resume items and, 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 and titles, who, is, who is, uh, invites us to be audacious and shameless and bold in what we ask for him, and who invites us to trust him, that he knows what is good and what is helpful and what is healthy now and for eternity. And I want to say this really clearly because I need to say this to myself sometimes. A lot of us have been longing for a return to normal. Uh, just the ability to like go back to school and see all of your friends all in the same room. And, and for me, uh, to get back to talking in front of a room full of people and just like speaking moistly onto each other all the time. I want... You know, or, or going to a restaurant where you're way too close to another person and then a stranger brings you food that they've breathed on. You know, like that, I would love to get back to that. And we've been praying for a return to normal, but as I've gone through this and as I study for this, I started to think more and more and more and more and more, what if normal is a snake? And what if normal is a scorpion. And what if the normal that we so desperately wanted to get back to, rather than being healthy and helpful and good, was instead poisoning us, or distracting us, or preventing us from knowing and experiencing everything that the Holy Spirit has for us? 
wouldn't then a good father say, no, I'm not going to give you back normal. I'm going to give you something else. Because whatever your experience of father is, and I know that, that, that there's people who are here who are just wrestling and bristling when, when they hear that term. And some of you, you when, when we say father and, and trusting father and informal father and, and this bold audacity, you, you, I, can, I can imagine your shoulders tightening up or, or just leaning back and your arms going across your chest. But I just want to invite you to imagine this for a moment. Because this is who God has told us he is. And, and even if you haven't experienced it, this is who he wants and is for you if you allow Jesus to come to you in his fullness, in his informality. You don't have to guess at how God wants you to come to it. It doesn't matter. God just wants you to come. He's close to you. He's not some distant stranger who needs to be buttered up with a whole bunch of salutations in, in an email before they'll begin to respond to your request. God is close to you and intimate and wants you to interact with him right now. He's inviting you to be bold and audacious. He's not expecting you to know the right thing to ask for or, or the right way to ask for it or even what is good or responsible or healthy. He just wants you to be shameless and bold and come to him and say, I want this. I don't know if it's good for me. I don't know if it's bad for me. I don't know if it's inconvenient. I don't know if I'm asking the right way. But, but this is what I feel like I need at, that mo at this moment. But then... He's also been invited that to, we're also been invited to trust that he's good. And that no matter what we're at, we've asked for, that he's going to give us only what is healthy and helpful and good for us. He's not going to give us what is poisonous. He's not going to give us what is dangerous. He's not going to give us what's distracting, but instead is going to give us more of himself, more of the Holy Spirit, and more of the things that we genuinely need now and for eternity. So I'd just like you to invite you to think about those things on this Father's Day. And as I pray, I would ask you to, to just ask yourself some serious questions about the relationship that you've had with God. Do you have an, uh, an informal relationship with God or does he feel to you like uh, a distant stranger that you have to butter up before you can ask for things? Do you genuinely trust that he knows and desires to give you what is good and do you genuinely come to him with that shameless audaciousness and boldness that allows you to do and ask for the true desires that are in your heart without any sort of embarrassment so let's pray together god we thank you that you are our father and we recognize that that comes with a whole lot of baggage right now for everyone who is hearing this but i i pray god that 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 you break through and begin to heal some of those wounds that might still be open that that you begin to make yourself known as father who is close and informal as father who is who is inviting us to inconvenience him as as father who is who is trustworthy and desiring to give us what is good and helpful and healthy for us we pray that in the midst of a, a confusing and overwhelming time that we wouldn't be so distracted by the things that we were missing that 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 we miss the things that you have given us 
and we would in we would ask God that 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 if if we need to turn our backs on what normal was to see clearly the new reality that you are putting together for us that you would help us to do that give us eyes to see give us ears to hear and help us to to notice what you are doing in our hearts and in our families and in our churches and in our communities now and for eternity and that's what the lord bless you and keep you lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you lord show his face to you and give you peace we ask this in jesus name